The biggest complaint I hear from women is that they don't have the support they need from family and friends to up-level their life, or they just don't know how to do it. Well, I'm changing all that. I have met amazing women on my podcast, and it's inspired me to create the Warrior Women Mastermind. What's a mastermind? It's a small group of women, hand-selected by me, specifically designed and curated for those women who want to up-level their business, brand, and mindset. You'll get incredible support and meet like-minded women in a non-competitive environment. You'll have incredible access to my network of coaches, entrepreneurs, and experts in every field to accelerate you on every level. My next mastermind is launching in the fall. Feeling like you need a push? A boost? Someone to pull you up where you're supposed to be? Well, go to my website at lizswadek.com and schedule a discovery call to learn more about how you can apply. That's Liz, L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. This is invitation only, ladies, but that invitation is waiting for you. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. What if your dream job was killing you? What would you do? Many women are facing the fact that they don't want to work the same way they did before the pandemic began. They want more life balance. They want a big career and a family. And that dream job they have isn't worth it if they can't have it all. My guest today was the darling of the beauty industry, but it was killing her. The pace, the physical drain was too much. She was losing her hair, unable to hold a pregnancy, and was people-pleasing to save her career. After hitting rock bottom, keeping her boundaries and trusting herself, she found her way. If you're wondering if you should make a change of career or leave that demanding job, this is the podcast for you. Wanting to have a life beyond your career and your job is not only possible, it's what you deserve. Let's change the narrative of what work looks like for women. We're also going to talk about how environmental pollutants are aging our skin at an alarming rate. Yep, all those Zooms. And that the American way of skincare is about 15 years behind everywhere else. Yep, you'll be shocked. But first, I want to say thank you for those five-star written reviews. Keep them coming, people. I'm so grateful. All right, on to our sponsor. As some of you may know, I sit on the board of Don't Hide It, Flaunt It, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides proven, successful social, emotional learning and anti-bullying and empathy building programs for students, as well as diversity, equity and inclusion programming for corporate entities. I'm excited to share with you that this week we are launching our seventh annual flagship education program and contest for elementary and middle school students called Kids Flaunt. The program is developed and marketed in partnership with Scholastic and is available free of charge to elementary and middle school kids in public and private schools nationwide. Kids Flaunt includes a lesson plan that is designed to build vital social-emotional learning skills and boost self-confidence as well as 
a follow-up writing or art activity inspired by Don't Hide It, Flaunt It's theme, The Thing That Makes Me Different Makes Me Me. After completing the lesson plan and follow-up activity, teachers or parents are encouraged to submit their students' essays or artwork for the Kids Flaunt contests and are entered to win prizes. Please visit scholastic.com slash flaunt it for more information, a lesson plan, activity sheet, and contest entry for Kids Flaunt. Bring it to your school or enter your kid today. That's scholastic.com slash flaunt it. On with the show. With more than 15 years of experience in the aesthetics industry, Nicole Simpson has put her extensive knowledge as a biochemist, as well as her experience as a medical esthetician, that is a tough one, Nicole, and educator in the making of amethyst skincare. As the former AVP of Global Business Development and Education at SkinCeuticals and L'Oreal, Nicole traveled the world and experienced firsthand the impact the environment has on skin. This led her to develop one of the first skincare lines created for the sole purpose of protecting the skin from the declining environment. Amethyst pinpoints how the skin responds to environmental factors and uses potent ingredients in an innovative delivery system to protect the skin while also being paraben, gluten, and cruelty-free. Nicole is a warrior mom who has learned the hardest lesson of putting herself first. Welcome to the show, Nicole. I'm so excited to be here today. I am so excited to have you. We just freaked out because you lived in Los Angeles and then you moved to Tampa and I'm like, wait a minute, I missed you. I could have had you in my life and I lost you. You're my long lost lover now, Nicole. But you know what? I'll come back because I owe Candace a visit too. We have a common contact that would love to see us both, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. So whenever you come to town, you're not only going to see Candace, but now you're going to add me to your list. Is that what you're telling me? Completely on the list. Okay. Good. I made short list. <laughs> I want the short list. I'm on the yeah. short list. Okay. All right. Let's get to know each other, Nicole. Tell me about when you were younger. I know you grew up in Florida, so now you're back. Tell me, what were you interested in? Like, what did you want to be? Because I feel like a lot of women I talk to, it's the weirdest, funniest thing. When they really look back, they're like, there were clues that they were going to go in the direction they were going to go in. And they're like, well, I I always doing with this weird stuff. And then it turns out that's what they're doing for their job. So I want to know if there's any connection there. So what were you like when you were little? What did you want to be? So I'm like the poster child for that. I was a total nerd. I just remember, I don't have, you know, like you have random memories of when you're little, but I just remember when I was young, like five or six, I would go into like the shower and I would grab all the shampoo bottles and the conditioner bottles out and I'd bring them to my mom and I would be like, mommy, what is this methyl chloride, blah, 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 I do. And she'd just look at me cross-eyed like, what the hell kid? Like, who cares? Get out of here. Like, go play with your friends. But I was so intrigued about the ingredients and that kind of like, just, I don't know. It was like that link with science that I didn't know I had at the time, but I did. And I even just remember through school, like elementary school, I always would join like science fairs and I always won them as a kid. You don't know that that's like significant. You're just like, Oh yeah, cool. I've got a little blue ribbon, but it it again was just kind of like that link back to science and how things work. And then I remember getting like that I must have been in like sixth grade and it sounds so random, but if any of you out there are skincare junkies, you know, you're going to feel this. I remember reading bottles and I would read things that would say like improves the appearance of whatever or makes your hair look more shiny. And I would get mad, like look shiny or is it going to really be shiny? Like what's the difference? And so I I just- I wouldn't even notice that, Nicole. So this is what I love about you is that you were like, why is that? It's appearance, not really shiny. Come on. 
with a fake product or is it really doing something? And that kind of like opened the door and I was really young. And then of course you go through like middle school, high school, college, and you have 50 million things you want to do. Like I thought I would be a doctor, a scientist, back to being a doctor. And, you know, I, I just remember being in Florida, like there was such a strong component, not just with me being a nerd and reading labels, but just life outside, much like California, like you play outside more than you play inside. And one of the things that I remember being little was just going to the beach and realizing and understanding like how beautiful and pristine and amazing that environment was. And so I think part of that has kind of played into where I am today too, just knowing like what life was like, even my God, I can't believe I'm going to say 30 years ago because I was going to say 20 years ago. And I realized that is no longer accurate. <laughs> well, you look about 14. So you say whatever you want, but I think you've got in some type of time machine. Clearly this amethyst skincare is next on my list of things to buy. Nicole. Um, yes. I just had my 39th birthday. I can't believe it, but I've been just like 20 to 30 years ago you know, how different the environment was then than it is today and how quickly, like in our lifetime, you know, being in school, they would teach us like, oh yeah, climate change is going to come. All these things are going to happen, but we didn't see it then. So no one believed it. And now it's happening. And, you know, I look back at those things and I, and, and that's really, if I had to choose what out of my childhood define where I am today, those are the elements. Okay. But wait a minute. I read in your very long form bio, cause I got your short one and your long one that you made a face mask, your first oh. one, hold on. What, so this is further making me think you were destined to be in this skincare business, obviously. You made your own damn face mask. I mean, kids kind of are doing that now, but this is like, again, 270 years ago, because you're both, are, both of us are 110. And so you made a mask. I did. But like a real yeah. one. Real one, and it worked. <laughs> so I was one of those lucky people that had hormonal acne that showed up on the chin. So it's not just like little ones that you can like poke out. There's like the big, ugly, painful undergrounders that you just spend a week trying to get at and you can't, and nothing worked. And I just remember, and I share this frustration with probably many indie beauty founders, estheticians, people who have found their way into skincare and beauty typically have a story similar to this, whether it's acne or rosacea, eczema, whatever. But nothing worked. I'd go to the derm and they'd be like, oh, here's some antibiotics. Okay. I've been on this 16 times and it didn't get me anywhere. So what can I do? And so I literally went out to my garden and picked things like aloe, chamomile flowers, different things. And I extracted the ingredients on my stove and put them together in a gel and put it on and my acne went away. I mean, how old were you when you did this? I think 16. 16. Let me tell you what I was doing when I was 16. <laughs> I took a record album and I put some tin foil on it and I tried to put, and I put the baby oil, the Johnson's baby oil in my face and I tried to get a tan. And you know, you don't like that. No, I don't like that at all. You but don't you like look, that story. You know, your skin is incredible. You got lucky. You had a team of angels caring yes. for your <laughs> Luckily, I, for some reason, it didn't work well. But I also used to love Jean Nate. Also disgusting, full of chemicals and terrible, probably. But yes. Okay. So you were making homemade chamomile ext extract based on facial masks, and I was using sun in on my hair and turning it bright orange. So, you know, we're twins. So many ways, Nicole. Because we are soul sister twins from the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I mean, totally. Looking back, because you've had kind of like an amazing career path, but looking back, has it been more linear or all over the map, like anything you would do differently? Or do you feel like it all kind of just led you to Amethyst? Uh, yes. So, <laughs> yes all of all. it, all of it. Um, so it was, it's, it was linear and it wasn't, but it was random, not random. It was weird. 
So when I went to college, I went in as a pre-med student. I thought, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. And everybody, I remember my uncle telling me like, how do you know you're going to be a doctor? I'm like, bro, like that's what I wanted to do. And he's like, you don't know, like you could change your mind, be open. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And actually he was right. And when I got to like my junior, senior year of college, I went to an engineering school in Florida called um, Florida Tech. It's small. It was created by NASA in the seventies. They wanted to kind of cultivate their own astronauts and engineers and all of that. So I was part of the earlier years of like biochemistry. So I went through a study of biology and chemistry. And by the time I got to the third year, we actually got exposed to really cool projects. So like if NASA needed something, they would call our labs and be like, Hey, can you have your students work on this? And so I was Wow, that's insane. And I mean, we were lab rats, but we still had really cool experience from it. Like that made me think, oh, maybe I'll go and be a chemist or some form of scientist. It it kind of showed me that medicine, while it's an amazing profession, I thought it's what I wanted to be because I was interested in it, but it wasn't what was in my heart. Science was. So I graduated from that program and I actually got a job working as an analytical chemist at Bausch & Lomb Pharmaceuticals. And I friggin' hated it, like hated it, hated it, hated it hated it. Like we would be, they would give us a scale and like a a container to, to measure weight. And then they were reverse engineering eye drops so they could create generic versions of them. And they would make us drop like a drop of the eye drop into it and record the weight and another drop record the weight and then do all the statistics. I'm like, that sounds like hell. No, I was like, I need people. I don't know where the hell this is going, but I know I love skincare. So I plunged in, became an esthetician. It was kind of murder she wrote from there. So I remember just my approach to skincare was very different. Like, because I could read a label and I knew what things did and I could put that with skin and get results. And it wasn't long before local doctors in my area kind of heard about it. And one of them called me and he was like, hey, can you come and teach my girls how to do what you do? I'm like, sure, whatever. I went there. I just did it because I liked it. And I fell in love with education. So it was like at that moment was like the perfect moment of like, okay, I like people. I like skincare. I like science. This is how it marries. And then again, it went from there. So I was recruited by a French pharmaceutical company. I handled all their training for five years and then was recruited by L'Oreal into a global role where I became the associate vice president of global business development and training. I managed business in 37 countries around the world. And let me tell you, yeah, it was it was insane. People would ask, hey, where do you live? And I'm just like, I live on a United flight somewhere. Like, I don't right. even- I'm always on a plane. That's where I live. If you need to just send me the food there. Totally. And the food was damn good, by the way, but Ooh, um, yeah. not on the plane, off the plane. But- <laughs> Well, I want to know about that, actually. Since So you, you traveled the world. I want to know, I mean, I've talked to, it's funny, there's another skincare, well, she's more in the wellness all- general community. Kimberly Snyder, who was on the podcast. Do you know her, Kimberly Snyder? Use her glowing. I've never met her, but I use her glowing green smoothie almost every day. Totally. Yes. It's amazing. Her glowing green smoothie. Oh my God. So funny. And I started drinking hot water with lemon because of her, even though I hate hot beverages. That's why your skin looks like really, really good. Oh my God. Well, it's also might be my zoom filter because I'm pretty, but I will say that she had this thing where she traveled like you traveled all over the world and she was blown away by the way they looked at health and wellness because they looked at it completely different than we do. So tell me, what did you learn about yourself? First of all, traveling all those places, because you're just like going over all over the place, like on your own. And what did you learn about skincare? Okay. So I learned a lot about myself. Actually, I learned resilience. Like you can't live like that 
without having very thick skin and knowing what you're made of. I mean, there would be nights that like I would fly overnight from New York to Paris and land at 7 a.m. and be in a meeting room at 8.30 presenting all day long, like lights on, we got to go, like hair, makeup, all of it. And so I learned that that kind of life was amazing for like the first six months, but then it had an expiration date. But with that came like all of like the lessons, my God, of like, I don't want to use these words because they're so corporate, but almost like executive maturity where like I was young. When I was AVP, I think I was like 31 or 32, turning 32. So I hadn't yet even learned how to like look my boss in the face and be like, you know what? No, I'm not doing that. Or I'm too tired. I'm not going. Or you know what? I have had three miscarriages, which is true because I am so stressed from traveling and getting jet lagged and my clock is off so much that like my body won't even hold a baby. And I just went with it because I didn't want to disappoint my bosses or I didn't want to like get in my own way of my own career. And it's just so much of that. And I just feel like the one thing I learned by the time I resigned was like, if I keep giving myself to everybody else and not to myself, like I'm going to kill myself. Right. I'm gonna be- and women do that all the time, by the way. Yeah. Women will just, I watch mothers do it more than anything. Oh yeah. Like, they will just not practice an ounce of self-care they will literally run themselves in the ground. And some of it, you know, and I'm I'm going to just ca- call myself out for this. So don't think I'm criticizing all of you listeners. I'm talking to myself too. You'll be a martyr about it. You'll you'll purposely kill yourself so you can show your husband, see, see, I did, I did everything. I'm doing the cooking and the cleaning and I'm doing the kids and I work and I'm doing all the things because you're so mad because you don't want to communicate, like go take that damn trash out. And you feel like you shouldn't have to tell him to take the trash out. He should know, but guess what? They don't know. They so don't. you always have to tell them, take the like trash out, please. Your fourth kid or even your first kid. If you don't have kids yet, your husband will be your kid. Don't worry. Right. Exactly. But no, but it's true. We, we will kill ourselves. We'll run ourselves into the ground for a job, for a husband, for a family. And we will, we will do it. And the only person that's going to stop that is you. Thousand percent. And that was tough. Like uh, for me, it was hard. Like that was a really tough lesson. And some women do it gracefully and, and some don't. It wasn't a graceful transition for me, but through it all, I just learned that, you know, there would be nothing that could happen to me in my career that was worse than kind of what I already gone through. And then I learned why am I putting the hands of my future into people who don't care if I'm running myself ragged? And maybe that's not a fair statement because I, at at L'Oreal, I had truthfully the most amazing mentors. These are people who I learned. I am successful today because of the hours we spent. So I don't want to take away from that, but at the end of the day, it is a corporate company and you are paid to work. And at the end of the day, the show goes on, you know, they don't care if you're tired. It's just one of those things. And so, you know, for me, it was just like having that time to, to really understand that I didn't want the future, my future in their hands. Well, I appreciated them helping me cultivate a beautiful one. Like mm-hmm. I had to be able to, to say, you know what? I am too stressed. I can still get my work done and go to bed at 9 p.m. I right. can eat. You had to put some boundaries. You had to put some boundaries up. What I'm trying to say. So, um, you know, that was tough, but I did it. And because of that, I am like a different human today. I have two companies. I have a consulting firm. I have a a skincare startup. I have two kids. My daughter's three. My son is two. They came back to back um, and I'm doing it. And I'm not tired. And my hair grew back. And there's collagen in my face again. And it's not an injection. Like these are the... I'm seeing from, from putting myself first. And I'm so glad that I did. 
I love that. And we're going to get to that too, because I want to talk more about that. But tell me, so what did you learn about skincare? Did you see anything while you were traveling that made you think differently about it that kind of informed how you made amethyst happen? Definitely the American way of skincare. And then there's everyone else. So the American way is typically like, so if it's not burning, peeling, flaking, itching, it's not working and it's not for me, I don't want it. And then like everyone else is like, if it's not soothing for sensitive skin and calming and all of this, it's too rough for me. I don't want it. And so what I started to to realize is that there was a correlation. It's not just a bit of it's cultural. I call it no offense to any Kardashian because I love you all, but I call it Kardashian culture. Like, you know, you show up, you look your best. And if it requires things like retinol and whatever you do it, but like overseas, it doesn't happen like that, but there's a reason when you leave the American bubble, like I like to call it, and you go spend time in like China or some European countries or places that actually have pollution, your skin is reflective of that. So pollution is, not, is a buzzword right now. It's very buzzy. People are starting to talk about it. But for those of us who have been in the industry for a long time, we've been studying it for a long time. In the last 10 years, we've made a lot of advancements in understanding how pollution affects your skin, not only how it ages, but just your skin health. Like, you know, how many of you can relate? We're Right now we're like Zoom Nation, right? At the end of the day, and you've been on Zoom meetings, how badly do you want to go wash your face because it's itchy, it's red, you just feel yucky? That's called digital pollution, but we don't talk about it yet. Overseas, I got to see where the rest of the world is going to be 5, 10, 15 years from now. And I'll never forget being in China. I was in Beijing working one day. It was one of those red alert pollution days. Half the cars had to come off the street. I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep and I couldn't because my body was hot and my feet was so gross, but they were sweating. Like there was just like water coming out of the bottom of my feet. And I'm like, this is weird. Nothing. I've never had that before, but it was my body just trying to detox from all that pollution. And, you know, people would always ask me, when are you going to have your own skincare line? And I would, I would say the world needs another skincare line. Like it needs a hole in the head. Like we don't need another one. So if I do it, it will be for a reason with purpose. And truthfully, that was the reason I wanted to take the wisdom and the knowledge that I was blessed enough to see that is going to be the reality for everyone if things don't change. I don't think they're going to anytime soon and bring products that have the technology and the chemistry and all of the benefits to not only deal with like all the stuff that's familiar for us, like wrinkles and crepiness and aging and sunspots, all of that, but that unspoken kind of sensitivity that's lurking like under the surface of your skin that causes you to age a lot faster because of this environmental exposure. So that's what I learned that had me start Amethyst today. I love it. I love it. So you made the decision to resign from your job at L'Oreal and start your own consulting company, which you just mentioned, which would give you obviously, like we just talked about it, you would reduce your stress and all that because you were trying to, at that point, start a family. So I think a lot of women go through this. How did you get the courage to kind of resign from that job and say to yourself, I need to kind of choose a new path? And how did you make it happen? Well, I hit rock bottom. My hair fell out. I had my third miscarriage. I had failed IVF attempts. Just nothing was working. And I realized that like I was a walking manic, like panic attack. I knew that as much as I loved my job and the people that I worked with, I knew it was it was not them, but it was the nature of my work. And I had to stop. And so I was like, if I don't stop now, like something's going to kill me. I really tapped into just like that resilience that you only find when you really like are, you have no way forward other than that. And 
for me to be comfortable, I knew I had to supplement my income because you go from a VP, things are very cushy. Your travel budgets are cushy. Your salary is cushy. Things are nice. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go from this thing that I have that's awesome to like consulting and like begging clients for money is what it felt like to me at the time. And I was so uncomfortable, but I, I had a company that I had a contact that I met through my travels, reach out to me and they wanted some help bringing their products into the U.S. And so I signed with them. You know, the contract was enough that made me feel, you know, I am good on this. I can focus on working with them, growing my business. And I finally just forced myself out. And it was the day I resigned was the day I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. (gasps) No, (laughs) really? Oh, that is so cool. I mean, what a confirmation from the universe that you did the exact right thing. Were you so happy when you heard that? I was so happy. I was crying. I didn't believe it. But then I was terrified because of all the things that had happened before. I was just like, oh, dear God, I I know there are so many moms out there listening that have probably gone through the same thing where it's like, you know, everyone tells you be positive, like your negative thoughts aren't going to help you. But it's like, how can you not think about that if you've gone through it? So, um, again, it was just one of those things where it's like you figure out what resilience really means because it's your option. It's the only option you've got. And that's happened. And again, because of that, like, Amethyst was born. If I would have stayed at L'Oreal, I wouldn't be able to talk about skincare on social like yeah. I love. I wouldn't be able to have my own brand. I wouldn't be able to have these things. I wouldn't even enjoy my kids because I'd be in the air. And, you know, that's just, I'm, I've moved past it now. And I'm, again, just so thankful that, you know, you pass through these life lessons that you can learn and not just learn, but share your wisdom. So maybe it helps other people too. And I, I love that so much. So you say your hardest lesson has been putting yourself first. And I know that, I, I mean, I kind of said you overcame it. I know I know that's sort of a joke in some ways, right? Like we have to constantly overcome <laughs> <laughs> trying to put ourselves first, Nicole. What made you, I know you, we talked about it a little bit, right? You're, you knew from working at this company, they were killing you. And you if you didn't put yourself first, that was going to be the end of you. But how do you kind of continue that forward? Because now you do have kids and you have a life and you have a company and you're consulting and you blah, blah, blah. So how do you kind of maintain that? And do you ever stumble and fail? You better say yes. Every day. So we can talk about mom guilt. I'm sure I have a whole episode, but it's it's, (laughs) a lot of that. But I think, you know, for me, it was figuring out what I needed to fill my cup. The thing that I, that I took away from all of those experiences and many more that we don't have time on the podcast to talk about, but it was like, you get burned out because you try to pour from an empty cup. But if you're pouring from an empty cup, eventually like the reserves go away and there's nothing left. So I had to really dig deep and figure out like what filled me up. And so spirituality and prayer did that for me. I had ignored it for years. And so I got back to that. Exercise is something I never did because I was always flying and jet lagged in time zones. And who wants to run when it's dark in the morning in a foreign city where you don't speak a language and you don't know who's following you? Like, so I let that go. And so I... I started to bring that back into my life, you know, traveling a lot, you get outside of your social circles. I brought that back into my life. So now with kids, you know, that's obviously a different struggle, but I just try to make sure that I've got the right help in place that I need. Cause I know that if I don't exercise three times a week, I'm a manic head case because I am managing a lot. So I need to make sure it happens. So that means either my mom or a babysitter or a nanny, somebody has to be there to help me to make sure that I get that. But when I get that hour, the next three that I spend with my family are good quality. They get the best version of me. They get a happy version of me and I can go and do what I need to do to, to make things happen. Yeah. that That's the, I mean, I, that's a quote right there that I will be using for you because that, that is just the, the end of it right there. I always say to women like self-care, you don't have the luxury you don't yeah. have the luxury of ignoring your self-care because what you'll end up doing is screaming at your children 
hating your husband, being mad at your dog, like everything, because you, you feel deprived. Like you're saying it's an empty cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. So if you don't do it, that's what's going to happen. So if you, if you pride yourself on being a good mother, guess what? That means you have to do self-care because otherwise you will not be one. You have to do it. And, you know, you learn a lot with relationships, like whether you're married or not, or even through your kids, but, you know, even through that, like you, you want to show up whole, you don't want to show up like half you and then having those people, whether it's your kids or your husband or your job or whatever that is like filling you up with the other half of stuff. Cause it's not yours. It's theirs. And you end up being a vacuum. It's better to, to make that self-care and fill yourself so you enhance the lives of those around you. And with my kids, they're young, right? Three and two. But let me tell you, they know everything. They're like little wizards. Like they, if mommy's off, they know and they act out and they do silly things. And, and for me, I know it's because they can feel that I'm not showing up like I need to be. And so I just, if I need motivation, I look at that and really just do my best to, to try to make that self-care. I think we're all better for it. Yeah. Bravo to you, because if you're getting that lesson with three and two-year-olds and you are doing well, so I'm very proud of you. <laughs> tell me about Amethyst and kind of what's, what's next. Tell me about it in general. We kind of talked about, it's kind of a different way of looking at skincare. I need to know kind of like your favorite products that you have because uh, your favorite okay. children of your line. And then I need to know like kind of what's coming next for Amethyst, like what's happening, your projects, all that stuff. Okay, cool. So I'm going to try to keep this general. You know, when you talk about your baby, like this is one of my babies. So Amethyst I created to be your partner for the things that we face in our lives today, such as environmental pollution, environmental stress, digital pollution, like blue light from your screens, even just stress. Like we were just talking about, we're busy. We are a time poor nation. We don't have a lot of time for things. And because of that, and our diet sometimes is not great. So like our cortisol levels just stay up and that affects skin. So we chose all of our ingredients in our formulas to, to combat pieces of that. So we have a, for example, a spray you can put in your bag that you can just spray on your face all day. If you live in Los Angeles or New York or a polluted city, or you're traveling a lot, or you just need like a nice hydration, we formulated a spray that can help you with that. I think our face oil is close to my heart because it was the first product I made for Amethyst and it's just nine ingredients. It's really beautiful oils that you can use them on acne skin, dry skin, everybody, all ages. And it does everything. It soothes, it protects like the whole thing. So if you have stressed skin or you're not feeling great, I think the one I'm most proud of and most excited for is the product we just released called Blue Light. And, um, it is an anti-aging screen protector. You put it on your skin in the morning and it protects your skin all day from getting basically broken down and degraded from all the screen time that we have. Oh my God, do I need this? Yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, yes, I need this. Everyone needs it. Incredible. I didn't even know that was like possible that you could come up right. with something like that. It, just the pain of perspective, like we did a test with an apple on a screen and we just let the screen kind of radiate the apple skin. And one of the things that we found, like, you know, I'm sure you've seen like tests where you put the apple out and it turns brown and you put vitamin C on one side and it doesn't turn brown. So we actually didn't notice a lot of change to the, the flesh of the apple. But what we noticed that the skin is the skin completely like shriveled up and almost fell off the apple. Oh my God. And we looked into that and we realized that it's directly related to something called, this is so technical and weird and nerdy testament to my inner nerd, but something called aquaporin. It's like a channel on your skin cell and it gets broken by the blue light and all the water in your cells rush out and the cell dies. And so it's literally like your skin it, with prolonged exposure to your screens, this happens to your skin every day. So you don't see it right away, but over time it does accumulate. So when you start to say, oh my God, I'm more dehydrated than I should be. I'm more red than I should be. I have dark spots showing up when, you know, maybe they shouldn't be. That is all from your screen. So that is our big initiative this year. You're going to see it. I'm maybe. so excited about this. I need this. 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, um, of course, I'm going to send you one. To oh, pay I with. need one. I need yeah. one. Everybody needs one. So I'm going to put it in the show notes. I'm gonna, I want to, uh, you got to give me all the links, all the stuff so that everybody can get all this amazing stuff. Okay. Everybody, it's amazing and you'll love it. And the texture too, it's got a lot of hyaluronic acid. So it plumps your face right away. So you're getting like that immediate, like cosmetic effect, but long-term protection. You'll love it. I mean, you're my dream skincare girl, I think. And I don't even think I like skincare that much, but I love you and you are making a lot of sense to me, Nicole. Okay. All right. Well, we guess what, Nicole? Now that we're best friends, we have reached the speed round and it is time to have our party, our party time. Okay, let's do it. Okay. What is your cocktail of choice? Anything with bubbles. Oh, no, but this is the thing. The Prosecco is very sweet. Are you more of a champagne girl or more of a Prosecco girl? Really a champagne girl. Although I have found the good proseccos that aren't sweet. So if you need a list, yeah. I got you. Yeah. Which <laughs> what what proseccos aren't sweet? I need to know. Um, Gruy is not sweet. There's actually, believe it or not, don't hate on me, people out there who are really wine snobs. But Target has a prosecco that is like their own brand. It's called the Collection. It's a white prosecco that tastes like the most expensive champagne you've ever had. It's ten bucks. Go get it. I am so glad I asked you this question because <laughs> I will be going to Target and getting that immediately. Fine. What is you it called? It's, it's called The Collection. It's just like a nice white Prosecco. We found it by accident and I'm obsessed with it. Oh my God. See, this is why I have to ask these questions. How do I How do I know what I'm drinking next? Okay, fine. Mantra okay. or quote you live by? I'm a fan of Simon Sinek. So of course, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. People don't buy what you do, they buy what you do? They buy why you do it. Why you do it. So people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. No one cares about my face oil. What they care about is I made it to help with environmental protection. This is a very good sales strategy. I like Simon. I got to go deeper on the Simon Sinek. I've heard, I've heard him. People keep mentioning him to me. What makes you feel unstoppable? God, a green dress and a great perfume. Those are three good things. I like all these things. Who do you admire? Mothers and Jamie Kern Lima. Who's that? He is just somebody that I really admire. She is the founder of It Cosmetics. I'm sure you've seen it at Ulta, Target, other stores. And she sold her company to L'Oreal for $1.2 billion. It was the largest acquisition in L'Oreal history. Not only that, but she was the first female CEO that like stayed on with the company, stayed on with the brand. And so she, to me, she's hashtag goals all the way. Okay. What, how do I, what's her name? Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, Kern, A-E-R-N, Lima, L-I-M-A. I haven't met her. I would I give any. You need to meet her. Hello. I mean, it's as simple as LinkedIn. You probably just need to jump on there, Nicole. Do you need me to do this for you? Because I'm going to do it. Please. Let's okay. Do it. It's going to happen. That you, that's an attainable person that you could just meet. Like, let's just be real. Okay. What are you most proud of? My children. And so I always say I'm proud of really like raising businesses and babies. So my children and then my skincare children. Yes, you do have nice skincare children as well. I guess I agree. What is exciting you the most right now? Truthfully, I know this maybe sound a bit cliche, but I think just the joy and like the change of energy I'm seeing among people now that we're starting to see like the backside of the pandemic and that the vaccinations are starting to finally work a little bit and just people finally looking forward and, and watching newscasts at schools really are legitimately going to stay open. That's really exciting me right now because. I just think that, you know, we all needed the time off, but we all need to keep moving. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about the Blue Light launch too. And being here on your podcast with you. Yes, this has been, well, this has been an exciting time for me, Nicole. <laughs> I have learned a lot from you. 
Thank you so much for being on today. I really enjoyed this. We have to definitely make sure you get your products and we have to definitely meet next time in MLA. Oh yeah. No, you're, when you come to town, I'm on your short list. I've already confirmed this. Okay. All right, Nicole. I loved having you on. Okay. Thank you everyone for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a positive review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And just remember, every woman has a story. You just have to ask her. Bye. Bye.